0: Hello and welcome to the ME7 podcast. The Jills finished off pre-season with a 1-0 win at Dagenham and Redbridge this afternoon. A goal from new signing Shadrich OG um secured Jills' um a win to finish off what has been shall we say a um... uh yeah shall we say a um yeah, uh, an interesting pre season. Um it, it's been a it's been a competitive one. Um but but one that um Neil Harris will take a lot out of ahead of the uh ahead of the opening game against Stockport County next Saturday afternoon at Eshley Park. Um yeah, tonight I'm joined by Owen Matt and James Cleal. Um yeah, good evening, gents. How are you
1: all? I'm um, good, buddy. Thank you. How are good, you guys? Mate.
0: Good, good, good. Owen, how are you, mate?
2: Oh, sorry. I thought I muted myself. Um, yeah, all good, all good. Good, good. James, are you are you there?
0: We'll try and bring in James when you can. I think I think that's going to be a case of of uh, seeing if you can speak later on. Um yeah i uh yeah i mean, let's let's start i guess with um with today's result then obviously we didn't we didn't manage to go i mean i didn't decide to go because i wasn't prepared to pay 17 pounds for a ticket for a pre-season friendly um but but yeah i i guess um the biggest thing to come out of it will start right at the start start of the afternoon where we obviously saw the team and we and we noticed that there was no Ollie Hawkins. There was no Johnny Williams. There was no Sean Williams. There was no Conor Um and there was no uh, there was no Will Wright either. Um, yeah, obviously it's not it's not ideal um, going into going into next week. Um, yeah, I mean, thoughts on thoughts on I guess injuries to those to those players at, at this late stage.
2: Yeah, it's not ideal. We've done fairly well so far to get through the preseason period without having any minor uh, minor or major niggles, really. I think Hawkins has been the only one. They came off at Como, but since then we've done relatively well with avoiding knocks and injuries here and there, which is usually the norm during preseason. but we've not really managed to pick up too many of them. And then we've seemed to have picked up four or five at the same time, which is really frustrating. And You know, when you look at the calibre of player who have picked up those injuries, it's a big concern because you'd imagine a lot of them would be in the frame to be starting a game at Stockport next week. We don't know as of yet whether it's just precaution for some of them and that they're going to be fine for next week or whether perhaps it's a bit more, not long-term, but long-term to the point where it would put them out of next week, in which case it potentially changes how we'd go um, go about going to next week, what we might have been planning to do beforehand and how that might change with having to move players around due to injuries and things like that. But obviously it's not, it's not ideal. We don't want anyone being injured a week before the start of the season because you want to start off as well as you can. But I thought it's just the way it is. So uh, sometimes, and you know it's just odd law that we've gone through basically all the season with just the one little injury to Hawkins. And then we've managed to pick up four or five right before the start of the season.
0: Yeah, Matt, um, yeah, it's, it, like like Owen I mean, says, it's not ideal, is it? Because, I mean, um, we obviously don't know the extent of the injuries to to the five of them. Um, obviously, there are rumours coming out that about Will Wright in terms of um, not even in a dual track suit, so that may well be because he's going out on loan. But certainly, certainly the the, the four of them of of the two Williams, um, Masterson and Hawkins, that Matt, they're effectively you. You're your of a team that that are, may well be out injured for the first game of the season. Matt,
1: if you're there. So, so I've just done an Owen and started talking without unmuting <laughs> myself. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's it's not uh, not ideal, obviously, because yeah, that, that those are definitely sort of four starters or four players you expect to be starting. Uh, next week, um, the obviously the the, the Hawkins one. Uh, I think Neil did say it, it was a couple of weeks, um, so he's probably going to miss the very first game of the season. The other ones, whether they're just precautionary, we, obviously until we we can see some comments from Harris and and, it, it, and he gives us more uh, sheds a bit more light on on what's going on. Um yeah, it's it's not not necessarily the greatest start to the season uh, for what we could potentially have wanted.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, let's bring let's bring Harry in then. Harry, how are you, mate?
1: Evening
3: guys, yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Um yeah, obviously I was at the game today. Um and last to be honest with you, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, which is not often the case with pre-season games, They can often be a bit of a, a bore fest. But today was actually quite a competitive game. Um, and I was quite happy, obviously, with the, with the outcome, the clean sheet. Um, and I just think, to be honest, they're the closest sort of side in terms of our level that we've played over pre-season, I think. Um, so it's quite a sort of good reflection on how, how far we've sort of come. Um, obviously, you know, a 1-0 away win, like I said, pre-season, so it doesn't really matter. But I, I think going into the season ahead, um, you know, that could be a sort of that could be a, a regular thing sort of I don't think we're going to sort of score a lot of goals next season as much as we all hope that I think that um you know today sort of proved that you know but we can sort of grind out results um you know they it was like so it was, it was a fairly even match to be fair um but you know we come away with the positive result and obviously the clean sheet which is obviously good going into Saturday. Yeah, Harry
0: any any standouts for you this afternoon um yeah from for, for the game?
3: Um, to be fair, mate, I'll, I'll be honest, um, not particularly. Um, I thought Turner done really well in goal. Um, obviously, he played 90 minutes today. Um, I think this, I'm not too sure, but I don't think over the pre-season, um, I don't know if they, I know they've been switching around, so I don't know whether that's a sort of an indication or whether he'll be playing Saturday, but I thought he was very solid. Um, he had a few saves to make and, you know, he claimed crosses and things. So I thought he, you know, done well to, if, if it is, you know, an indication towards Saturday, I think he'd done well to sort of claim his place. Um, obviously, we'll see. Um apart from that, um uh, like I say every, everyone was pretty good to be fair. I was quite impressed with uh the link up between the sort of forwards, um obviously I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name is it N-Nadison. Um he keeps um he, he does give us something different definitely. He's you know he's a bit more sort of direct, he's sort of getting in behind putting the defenders under pressure, which is something we haven't particularly got, you know, he's got that pace. Um, so that definitely looks, we definitely looked more sort of fluid in attack than we we might have done. We quite often over pre-season, I think, have looked quite rigid, but I think he sort of definitely added another dimension to the attack. So I think that's a positive. Um, but like I say, mate, it was a very positive afternoon going into the first game of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, good. I mean, yeah, it's interesting about Jake Turner, isn't it? Because um, that's, that's I, th- I think, well, that is the second, second week in a row that... Um, that he he played 90 minutes, because obviously he played 90 minutes at Dartford. Um, he's played 90 minutes today. I would probably think that he is going to be the number one going into next week, which is interesting, considering Morris was obviously all of number one last season.
3: Yeah, definitely, mate. And I think going forward, maybe, you know, we're looking at getting the club sort of looking to the future, you know, if that makes sense. I don't know if that comes across well, but, you know, looking at the youth and, you know, sort of where the club wants to be in sort of five years' time. And obviously with Turner, I think he's 25 or something, so he's, you know, quite young for a keeper. I think maybe that'll help you know because he could happily be our keeper for the next few years whereas sort of Morris as much as he is solid and you know as I say I think if he is the number two I think we've got one of the best number twos in the league obviously we don't know how you know how much longer he's going to be around sort of thing so um you know I think it's good to sort of have that solidness in Turner but also having the solid backup in Morris if that is the way
0: we're going but obviously we're not too sure of that at the moment. Yeah Owen I mean, um yeah obviously we we we're looking at the team today though and and we are we are sort of worried about about the injuries um to to the fo- to the five of them but you're then still looking at the team and and yeah we are all, we we all, we all sort of know that we do need to add um add people to to the squad one or two but still still a a, a, a quite a quite a strong squad that played at Dagenham today
2: yeah it's an you know, it is a team that, regardless of the injuries, are still going to be capable of League Two football, which is good, but it is major losses in certain areas. Like you mentioned earlier about the possibility of Will Wright going out on loan. If that is the case, then I'd be pretty confident that the injury to Marston isn't anything to worry about because we wouldn't be loaning Will Wright out if Marston had an injury because we'd just be two defenders down for no reason and no replacement. So I think if that is the case with Will, then at least the positive of that is that is probably going to be fine. Um, yeah, we do have a team capable of winning games. Obviously, we saw a lot of different combinations today from what it sounded like. Um, Harry will give more intel later, I'm sure, about the change of formation we saw when certain players came on. Harris was keen to point out um, in an article this week about the game on uh, Tuesday against Cambridge where he saw certain link-ups, certain combinations, some that he felt was really promising and some that he felt that... Two, two players who couldn't play together or things like that so he's learned a lot through this pre-season period and we do thankfully have a good league uh league two level side i think even without some of the players who are out we still have a better team than we ended last year with which is a good positive and we were managing to win in games last year towards the back end of it obviously we do need more recruitment up front and um that will come in time i'm sure but um yeah, I I still think we do have a, a team capable of winning the two fixtures regardless of the players that we have out at the minute, but obviously we're a much better side if we have those players available, so let's hope there's nothing long term of any of them.
0: Yeah, Harry, like I alluded to there, obviously, um <clears throat> we were we were keeping um tracks on, on Twitter through the updates um throughout the game and, and um and Jill tweeted out saying that we did move to the to a back to a back three with Robbie McKenzie going centre-half. Yeah, just te- just tell us sort of how we looked. I think it was like maybe the last 20, 25 minutes that that happened. How did we look in that sort of that, that, that formation?
3: To be fair, mate, obviously, I know it's only a small sort of um, sample, but we looked pretty solid, to be fair. Um, we still had the sort of attacking threat. Um, I said in the week, I, I thought we had now had the players to sort of, as Harris said in, in the fans forum as well, that we have the sort of players to almost play any formation, which is obviously very important with the, you know football these days. It's It's crucial that you've got the sort of players in your sort of squad to be able to do that. And I think even with... Even, you know, we had six subs today, which obviously generally was a concern where we had that through last mm. season. But you look at the sort of, I you know, we had two youngsters, but the other three players on the bench, you've got Robbie McKenzie, Scott Malone and um, George Lapson. And you think even with just those three on the bench, that's like ridiculous compared to what we had on the bench last yeah. season. So I think obviously that that's a big, big bonus for us. Um,
0: yeah, I just... Yeah. yeah to be fair, he's made his point he's made his point about about in terms of quality matt harry makes a good point doesn't he that you do look at our bench and and uh, and obviously we we know that harris is is looking for one or two more up the top end of the pitch but when you are looking at the players that are out injured currently but the ones that are sitting on the bench and you're looking at yeah you're looking at jules latchley scott malone um and and Robbie McKenzie and obviously Glenn Morris on there as well. Um, yeah, it's it's one hell of a bench for a, for a League Two team, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're quite blessed in in that department compared to how we were obviously at the start of last year. Um, it's it's a bench that you know at any point in the game we were saying it last year you couldn't you know you'd be turning to your bench and there'd just be a bunch of kids on there. But th- this year you know you'll be turning and there'll be some real quality players that we can bring on that. That we know that can change a game. I mean, you know, we, we might, we could even sort of start, you know, players like Johnny Williams and on the bench and bring him on if we wanted to try and close a game down later on. We've got so many more options now that, than what we had at the start of last season. It's, you know, I think, this is why a lot of us are so, uh, sort of so excited, looking forward to, to what's uh, going to happen this season because we've got quality pretty much all over the pitch.
0: Yeah, let's let's start. Um, let's look 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 back at pre season as a whole. Then um, it's been it's been an interesting one. I feel like it's been a long one. I don't know about you lot, but it feels like pre season's gone on forever this year. Um, that might be because we've had a week week long in in Italy following the team, so that may well be that. But obviously, it started back in back on the eighth of July. Um, yeah, a, a, a way to a way to Dover with a with a four 0 win. Um yeah, I, I guess um yeah, Owen, let's I let, Harry, you matt, let's let's run through the games sort of part by part by part and break it all down. Um I guess the start of preseason Owen um it seems a seems a lifetime away now ago. But um one thing I suppose we we, we took from very early days against over is that we were going to be this free-flowing, fluid, attacking possession football inside, and we're going to be on the front foot.
2: He's muted himself again. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, the good thing is, like we mentioned earlier, we do seem to have goals from all over the pitch uh, at times. Obviously, you've got to equate into that the level of opposition you're playing as well, and obviously Dover are a team we'd expect most League Two sides, probably even Crawley, to put three or four past and get a comfortable victory. Um, Yeah, there's always been good variations of our play this preseason. We've seen different types of styles. We've seen us go along where we have to. We've seen play some really good attacking football on the floor, the Charlton game in particular, which obviously we just like to cut an edge on that day. But the Dover game, by the sounds of it, I didn't go to that one because Dover's quite far away. And um, it seemed like we could have won by more than four. And I think it's just a good opportunity for us to get confidence into players in those sort of games and also remember that we're going to be playing much stronger position at the same time, but it's all about finding the patterns in pre-season, finding things that work. You know, we've got a team now that having a few more additions plus the boys who were in their first pre-season after signing new contracts or in their first pre-season after joining in January. So it's all about getting that team cohesion, the team bonding and things like that, and just moving it into, the actual season itself obviously we're not going to win every pre-season game and even if we didn't win any of them it wouldn't really give you much of an indication as to where
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're going to be in come the end of the season so it's all just about you know trying to find what works and I think we've done that for the majority of this pre-season campaign there's been games where we obviously could have done better and then we perhaps have at some points because you know you look at the game on uh, Tuesday night against uh, Cambridge, which we lost 4-0 no one would have expected that but again It's just about finding finding the right way to play. And I think Neil is doing that. I think he's obviously conscious that we need more going forward to maybe put everything he wants into perfect practice. But I'm sure that will come. And, you know, viral accounts, it was a pretty drab affair today. I know that contradicts what Harry says, but I'm just going on what I've seen from Twitter and the official accounts. But, you know, we got there and we got the victory, which is good. And obviously it only helps morale. Obviously we'd like to know, I don't think Neil's come out and said it yet, who those injured players are. And then we can sort of plan towards... Next week, whether some of those players who are out fitted into the sort of combination systems you're talking about or not, and if they do, they would have to change it and things like that. But I don't feel like we said earlier, like you said with the bench today, that Malones and Lapstees who came on and things like that. We do have the other options to potentially make that work. Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah, obviously after after Dover,
0: it was a it was a trip to Como. Um, I, I know, obviously, um, you, you've you've made it pretty. Pretty damn clear that um, the next preseason tour you definitely will be going on. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, a hundred percent. I'm going to make sure the wife doesn't uh, double book another holiday. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I suppose every, every everything that you heard from coming back home, so, as in where you were home, everything that you'd heard from out there, and and all the reports and all all the going on, is exactly what you would would want to hear as a Jills fan, isn't it? Is that everything from that trip was just pretty much pure positives
1: yeah absolutely the the even the way we played in the game the uh, obviously I know we didn't get a chance to you guys didn't get the chance to do the open training session uh while she was out there but even down to the the club were turning around and saying no that's fine we're going to meet everyone afterwards and don't know if the players actually came out drinking with you guys or if you just stumbled across them but even that you know seeing that kind of bonding going on out there i think it was only positives for the club and i yeah i'm really really gutted i didn't get a chance to go but honestly wherever it is next year i'm i'm definitely going but it's, it was, it's look it, the whole pre-season itself has been i i think we've we've done pretty well obviously Co- como aside um you know we've we've played what three other teams that are uh, above us in the league um uh, which which we lost but we've had yeah we've scored 12 goals all pre-season and we've had 11 different goal scorers yeah you know which which i think is an absolutely brilliant sort of stat going ahead of the season Yes, I know we all are screaming out for, for a sort of an out-and-out goal scorer, but that does show that there are definitely goals within our team.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, Harry, it, 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 a trip like that, um, Brad obviously said at the forum on on Thursday night that that trip to Como was exactly what the club needed for it. it it brought the fan base together, closer to the team. The, the team then got closer together. Together, the management then got used, to, uh, got to know the players, the new signings, um, and and even um, they've they, they've said oh, that trip has just brought the the squad closer together. And and sometimes um, that's exactly what get you through the tough times, isn't it? That throughout the season. Um, yeah, the closeness in the squad is is what gets you gets you through games, um, and gets you through tough times. I, I guess when you're against it during the season. Yeah, mate. So, unfortunately, I didn't make it either
3: due to work yeah. commitments. And as you know, I, you know, I go everywhere really generally. But also, I was absolutely gutted, especially when, you know, I've got my, you know, I've got friends of mine sending through sort of pictures and videos of them like singing with the players in bars. And it just looked unbelievable. That's like, surreal. And I just, you know, if anything, it made me more jealous. And, you know, but that's a, that's a positive because, you know, the players... Showing that sort of side to them that they sort of want to be with the fans, they want to sort of enjoy themselves as well because that's a big thing, you know, enjoyment in football. If you know if you're enjoying your football, then generally you're going to get better results. I know that's not always the case, but especially if you want to be at the club and you know you have that connection with the fans. So I think that trip, you know, and as Brad, you know, said um on the at for- uh, the forum uh, to do another one next season. I think you know we should look at doing the one of them every season hundred percent because it's, it's brought the fan base uh, and the players closer together, you know, the you know, even the backroom staff, um and obviously Brad and um Brad and Shannon himself. So, you know, it was it was it was a brilliant trip by the look of it. And as I said as Matt said, I'll be trying my best to make next year.
0: Yeah, no. Um yeah, I mean obviously we we were extremely lucky to go. Um and, and it was it was one of those trips that was sort of once in a lifetime memory. Um like the boys said, we did get close to the players. We did end up drinking with the players. Um, and yeah, it was just a case of
2: it It didn't really feel like you were watching Gillingham Football Club abroad, did it? <laughs> no, funnily enough, when you get there and when you find things to do, we actually sort of forgot in the back of our minds. We actually had a game on the Wednesday. Yeah. It was a a bit of a weird environment is like we were on holiday, but it just so happened to be that the Gillingham players and staff were also on holiday at the same time at the same place. Like it was some mad coincidence. But um no, it was a fantastic trip. I think um you know it was a lot hotter than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be a bit hot, but I wasn't expecting to nearly suffocate through air once we opened the plane door. But that was a an experience I don't really want to do again. But there you go. And um, yeah first thing we did was go down to Coma. Actually no, first we did was go to Mackey's because a certain individual in our friendship group would not allow us to go anywhere else. But um, yeah, we went to the city or the town of Como just after. Saw the views; it was amazing. And then just went around and looked at the town. It's just nice to be out somewhere different, out of the UK, out of Kent, and just enjoy it. It's always a nice thing to when you walk around. You see people wearing you know, Jill shirts in a different country and things like that. It was almost like a mini takeover to a degree. And then obviously. We had um, the game on on the Wednesday, which is a great occasion. Lots of fans turn up, lots of singing, lots of limbs when we scored, even for a pre-season, which is quite funny. And then, obviously, the connection again between the fans and players are taking the time after the game to speak to people, take pictures, sign autographs, whatever else. And, obviously, they went out drinking with um, some of the fans later on in the, in the evening as well. And it was a you know a great trip. Obviously, um, the way back wasn't so great for us being delayed. And I think the team were as well. So, you know, that's a minor damper on it. But, yeah, it in terms of what it did and what it brought was a lot of connection. It not between, uh, not just between us and the players, but the players themselves and getting that team ethic sorted and bonding sessions and things like that. And, you know, especially for the for the younger lads, I'd imagine, who had just signed their first pro contracts to be able to go out there, would be a great experience. I'm sure there's players in our team, maybe the more experienced ones who have done these sort of tours before, maybe, you know, Sean, Sean from his Millwall days and players like that. I'm sure Glenn Morris has been somewhere at his age, but, yeah for for some of the players who haven't experienced it before it was wonderful when for us to be going out there was a great experience as well and hopefully there's a there's another one next year and we can do it all again
0: yeah matt um i guess um yeah obviously the, the we we then come back from Como and 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 literally not even forty eight hours later we had millwall at home um and Harris has alluded to both millwall and Charlton in this at the fact of um, for different periods in the game, we, we showed good, good positives, but then also for, uh, for other periods of the game, we then showed the difference between us and them, which is simply they were both clinical in both boxes. Um, and I suppose they are, the, they are sort of the perfect test of that is exactly where we want to be in I suppose months and years to come, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I believe we uh, you know we 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 stood up against Millwall and, and we put up a really good test uh, for them. And uh, yeah, I know we lost two nil, but there were moments in that game where I, I believe we were actually playing slightly better than Millwall. We were really getting on the front foot, really putting them under pressure. Um, I know uh, Joe Bode had a chance uh, in the second half to to score, and um, but. Uh, but obviously, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the, the keeper made quite a good little save. Uh, but for us to go toe-to-toe with teams like, you know, uh, Millwall against Charlton, and, and even against Charlton being, you know, the better side for, what, 55 minutes of that game, I said, it, it can only go by, you know, going and give us great hope and belief that, you know, we've got a really good team this season that can go on and actually do something quite special.
0: Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Harry, that, certainly in that Charlton game, I, I felt for... Um, I felt for 55 minutes that um, some of the football we played that evening was some of the best football I've seen from a Gillingham side in years. It was it was a, a, eye-catching to watch in terms of the way we moved move the football. Um, we played through the thirds. There were different combinations. There were different partnerships. We were switching up the play. We were going short and we were going then long and we were then going into Tom Nichols' feet and then we weren't and then we are spinning it in behind and... It was, you You could see the team had been properly coached into the way Neil Harris and that management w- wanted to play.
3: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, obviously, it, you know, it probably wasn't a fair reflection on the scoreline in the end. As you say, um, I thought we, you know, we done well to match them generally. Um, obviously, the couple of goals after half time sort of killed it after that. Obviously, in the pre-season game, it's hard enough to come back from beyond because you haven't sort of got that that drive you might do in a league game. Um, but as you say, the, the play is very positive, which is the most important thing in pre-season. Obviously, the defense didn't have their best day. Um, I would say, which is quite a rare, you know, quite rare for us over the last sort of seven months. Um, but it was
0: a very good test for us. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, let's. Um, yeah, and then and then obviously we went to we went to Dartford, um, and and our, our our clinical our clinical worries or question marks as such um, got washed away for the afternoon because. And this is absolutely no disrespect to Dartford at all. It was effectively, for 90 minutes, men against boys, wasn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, we battered them. They were terrible. Um, Yeah, we took advantage of having players out there who can be clinical when they need to, especially against the already good position. We stuck it on Dartford straight away, really. We had a good chance of Dieng saved after about three minutes. And then after nine, we took the lead of Williams and... By about half an hour or so, we were freed up and the game was over anyway. And it was one of those games where, apart from like maybe 10-minute periods, one in each half of Dartford, we controlled the whole game. Um In those 10-minute periods, they probably should have scored a goal, especially in the first half. A great save from Turner, a bit of a goal-line scramble as well. And I think other than that, it was just a, a very simple game for us, really. I thought it would be a bit tougher because Dartford obviously... Missed out on the national league promotion last year by losing in the uh, playoff semi-final to I want to say St Albans, I guess, but obviously it wasn't the same Dartford team from from last year. By the sounds of it, a lot of trialists and things like that. But no, we we went over a strong team. We respected them by bringing that sort of team down, and we really put them to the sword. And we were clinical when we needed to be. We had a lot more chances to score more goals, but. When you score four, you can't really complain. And it was probably the most simple game I've seen us have this preseason so far. I think it was very easy, very controlled. And other than those 10-minute periods, which if you're against a better side, you might pay for in games. But other than that, I think we were really spot on that day. And I think it was a game where everyone had the chance to express themselves a bit and give themselves an opportunity to be in in line for a start next week by impressing Neil Harris. Um, I thought Joe, uh, Joe Bode did really well. We did everything but scoring that game, really. And I think Jeffries was brilliant. I think everyone really put a shift in. And it was a very controlled, as I say, and very team-like performance where we didn't give too much away and we were clinical when we needed to be.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not going to cover Cambridge because none of us were there. And quite frankly, we, we can't even have an opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, um, yeah, Matt, what's... I'm going to put the same question to you all. What's the what's the biggest... What's the the biggest positive you've taken out of pre-season? What's the biggest negative you've taken out of pre-season?
1: Ah, biggest positive. Um, do you know what, I, should, I would say the biggest positive isn't actually necessarily uh, a footballing aspect of it, it uh, the actual any games or anything, but it would probably be the actual overall, the Como trip. I know I didn't go, but... Obviously, from seeing fans' reactions going out there, uh, everything from Brad and Shannon being out there with everyone, um, the training session, the chance for the team to bond, and you know, by some of those social media videos I've seen, they they look like they will and truly have bonded. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Scott Malone potentially signed because uh, the players were chanting in, for, chanting for him to sign. Um, but I would say for me, that's probably actually the, the Como trip. It's not something us Jules fans really have ever got a chance to do, apart from maybe going over to France. But it that was just almost almost too perfect. And and I, I think a massive shout-out to Brandon Shannon for allowing us to, to be able to go out and do that. Uh, for me, one of the biggest negatives I think has come in the last couple of days, and that has been, obviously, the injuries that we've picked up. Um, and I know, obviously, it's something that you're you, you're going to... Uh, you're going to get it during pre-season, you know, look look what's happened to Wrexham and Paul Mullen. But obviously, you know, when when you are running with quite a small squad, I know we haven't dipped into the low market at all yet, but when you're running with quite a small squad already, any kind of little injuries, uh obviously you 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 know, especially if they turn out to become sort of slightly longer term can be obviously quite detrimental to preseason if you if you're as a manager you plan on, on wanting to play a certain way.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, Harry. Same question to you then. Biggest positive at pre-season. Biggest negative.
3: So, obviously, I agree with what Matt said about obviously the sort of the, the trip and obviously what that's done for the team, but sort of behind the scenes, the fans, everything. We've already covered that, you know, in abundance. So, I'm not going to go over that again. Um, for me, a big positive is we've. Man- I think we've managed to add. Um, you know. The right pieces in the right areas. I said at the start of, um, of pre season, I thought that we had quite a strong squad, obviously, off the back of the second half of last season. Um, and I thought we sort of only needed to sort of target key areas. And I think, bar sort of you know, the striker position, we maybe would have liked, you know, a real goal scorer. Um, you know, it's going to keep coming up, unfortunately, until, until we either get one or we prove that we had, didn't need one all along. Um, but, you know, like I say, everywhere else, we sort of needed a key positions. We've, You know, we brought in such quality in those positions. Um, and it's like even I say today, you know, we might have only had six substitutes on the bench, but three of those are players that walk in to quite a lot of sides in the league, really. And that's something we didn't have last season. So I think the transfer market has been a big positive of pre-season, um, and also I think today, um, you know, Owen touched on that. As you know, it, it sort of in opposed to me. It was it was quite a drab game today. I'd agree to an extent, and the reason I sort of enjoyed it, I might have come across the wrong way, was that it sort of showed how competitive we could be against. Because I think Dagenham will be one of the better sides in the league in the National League next season. So I think it's the closest we've had to an opponent sort of of our level, and we've gone there with with two of our better players, and you know, two players that start most weeks and obviously a good squad player as well. And we've, we've you know, we've beaten them um, and we've got the clean sheet. So I think that's been a big positive for me. Um, obviously, negative. Um, again, like Matt said, I think the injuries, as much as I sort of use that in my positive there, um, it is a negative, obviously, missing players like that. Um, you know, hopefully from the sound of it, a couple of them might not be too far away and just precautionary. But obviously, we're not sure the extent of that
0: yet. Yeah, I mean, same question to you then. Biggest positive, biggest
2: negative pre-season? I think my biggest positive is the fact that we now have, other than the forward areas, like Harry was saying, I think we have two good options in every position now, which is something we haven't had in quite a long time. So in terms of having a small squad, we do have... That's why you have these two good players in each position. So if someone does go out, you have someone who is just as good or just slightly less off, but still good enough anyway, to come in and make that difference. And that's really important. I think another positive is with... Shown in certain games at certain times that we can play different ways than what we're used to. We can go long if we need to. We can play it controlled, in possession on the floor, and we can carve teams open with a nice slick passing on the floor as well. We're not going to play like Barcelona every week, but we are going to be able to create more fluid, easy on the eye attacking football. And obviously, we do have the options to go long if we have to. So there's a bit more of a, you know, more of a plethora of styles, if you like, compared to what we've had for the past few years. And I suppose the only negative really is the injuries. Um, one in particular that came out a couple of weeks ago. I won't touch on that, but I think when you lose certain players in key times, I know season started would count the week before the season started as a key time, and obviously we don't know how severe any of them are yet. Hopefully they're not too bad, and this is all you know talk like that isn't going to matter when they're all starting next week. But that's just the hope. But you know, obviously if you are looking for a negative, that would that would really be it at this moment in time, I suppose, and. I suppose the fact of when we've played against better opposition, maybe that we've not been able to find that clinical edge because, you know, Dagenham are going to be more like the teams in our league than, say, Millwall are, for example. But I think there will be teams also are at the level of Cholton or just below them who will play in a similar way to them and we'll have players who can, in the final third, make that difference. And that's what we need to be wary of and make sure that we also have that player or players who can, put the ball back in the net and finish off good movements because you'll pay for it otherwise and that's sort of one of the things that can be the difference between promotion and not in this division.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Alright, let's move on to, we're still sticking with pre-season, but let's move on to more of an individual basis then. Um, Matt, we'll come to you first. One player that has really stood out for you pre-season and then one uh, and why and then one player that has has got uh, has got areas to improve and why?
1: Oh, so what? One player uh, that has really impressed me. Uh, and apologies for any of you other guys were going to say that, uh, it's got to be Scott Malone. Um, obviously, when we we got him in on trial, uh, you know when he was just training with the club, um, I thought yeah he's definitely not going to sign with us. He you know he's too good to be to be playing with us, but. When you watch him play, you can under, uh, sort of understand his, his quality is, is way beyond the, the quality of League 2. He should be definitely in the championship team, but for him to, to sign for us has been unbelievable. He has just been unbelievably good. I think he's going to be a great leader in the dressing room. I think um, him and, and Max Clarke uh, in that sort of left-back position are going to actually really challenge each other. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a straight you know, Scott Malone over Max or, or vice-versa. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really impressed with with Scott Malone, uh, a player who hasn't impressed me as much. Uh, and you know, I, I have my own reasons for that. But that at the moment, that's that is Tom Nichols. Um, my the reason why is obviously um, for me. I still maintain that we do need a 20 goal a season striker. The fact we hadn't brought one, I was kind of hoping that was because maybe Nichols was going to step up and you know uh, this sort will of become one of our our, our leading uh, talisman up, up the top there but that hasn't happened i'm not saying it's not going to happen in the season obviously we where pre-season is all about learning new things and you know it doesn't really matter but he, you know for me i wanted him to sort of kind of up his game from where he was last season and i haven't seen that over pre-season
0: okay interesting um harry same question to you um one player stand out and why um and then one player Areas for improvement? Why?
3: So a player that I've been really impressive in pre-season, um, who, to be honest, I was already impressed with in the back end of last season when he did play, um, is Ethan Coleman. I think he's really come on leaps and bounds. Um, I think you can really, you don't. There's not too much of a difference now between him and Williams um, when they're sort of on the pitch, um, which is obviously when you compare, you know, sort of the careers Williams has had and then you look at Coleman now, that's obviously a massive plaudit to Coleman. The fact that he's, yeah, there's not that sort of, you know what I mean? It's not a big drop-off. As Owen said, having two players in the position, we can sort of play either of them and there's no sort of difference. And I think, you know, taking that where we are, having that sort of, Um, difference now where we're not sort of lumping it all the time we still are occasionally but when we're trying to sort of play it from the back he's sort of taking the ball on the half turn, he's sort of looking out and he might then ping a diagonal Um, we've sort of gone forward and then still done the same thing really but he's sort of got, he can look at the pitch and sort of he's got that sort of level of passing and he also, he loves getting stuck in so I think yeah I've been really impressed with him Um, one player I've not been so impressed with which might be a little bit harsh um, is George Lapsley to be fair, Um, I, I just think for me, he hasn't really, where there's quite a few players sort of in his position, um, he hasn't really had that sort of um, effect on games which you'd want him to. Obviously, it was a sort of time now where he's got other players playing the position he sort of wants to play Um it's, you know, it's, it was, it was sort of, this needed to be the sort of time he sort of stood up and sort of made himself a real starter. Um, but I don't particularly think he's done that. He hasn't sort of, uh, as far as I know, he, he doesn't, sc- um, I don't think he's scored. And I, I don't think he's assisted either, as far as I know. Um, obviously, I haven't been at all the games, but I genuinely haven't been impressed by him. Obviously, we'll see how that goes into the season. But I think mm-hmm. when we signed him, we thought he would sort of be um, a sort of nailed on starter every week. And he's sort of gone down the pecking order a little bit now. And he hasn't really done a lot to sort of solidify his place in the team. Um, but as I say, I'm you know, that could sort of change you in a few games going into the season. And, you know, we might be loving him again. So it's, you know, it's, it might be a, a bit harsh, but I, I thought he could do a little bit more.
0: OK, Owen, same question to
2: you then. As this all other boys? I'm surprised I was said this, but I think I've got two players that most impressed me. One's going massively against Matt, but the other one I'm surprised I was mentioned is Jake Turner. I think he's been brilliant every time I've seen him so far this preseason, he's made a lot of fantastic saves in different games. The Dartford game especially, um, County made a great one today as well. Um, but the Dartford game specifically, I think we saw him make at least two minimum really, really strong saves. I think he's been a goalkeeper that's so had to be really patient. Uh, obviously with Glenn Morris taking all the accolades last year and starting in a vast majority of games. I think every time he's played for us, I don't think I've seen him have a bad game really, Jake. I don't think I've ever seen him make a mistake instead to a goal or anything like that. I think he's been pretty reliable every time we've seen him and I think this pre-season has probably been... I don't think he could have really asked for a better pre-season in terms of showing the manager why he should be in the team. I think he's been really strong. I think he's made a great case for himself to be there next weekend between the sticks and I think he's someone that... You know, we're in a very privileged position that we've got two brilliant goalkeepers for the level and I think it was probably a foregone conclusion before pre-season that Morris would be the first name on the team sheet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is Turner who turns up next week and, and you know solidifies himself as number one. Obviously, Morris is a brilliant goalkeeper, but I think Turner this pre-season has been brilliant. I think he deserves the opportunity and I think he, he may well get it. And The other one actually is going against Matt. I've actually been quite impressed with Tom Nichols this pre-season for the reasons that I think it's easy to forget that for the vast majority of his pre-season campaign, he's been the sole... Uh, striker in terms of, you know, experienced and things like that. Yeah, the other two have mainly been Satole and Bode, who aren't, you know, accustomed to EFL football or anything like that. And it's been Tom, who's basically had to run himself into the ground, being the senior striker of the group. You know, he's played a lot of minutes, probably more than Neil Harris would have wanted him to play at certain times. But given the options or lack thereof to replace him in those pre season games, I think he's had to. He was given a rest against Dartford and obviously came back in for both games this week as well. So I think without Hawkins being there, I think Tom's done really well. I think he's been relied upon a lot through this campaign to lead the line, be the sole striker, the sole um, experienced one as well. I think a lot comes onto his shoulders and that because it's more has to than needs to be played, if you like. I mean, he would have obviously got minutes anyway because it's pre-season, but I think with the lack of options, he's had to you know, play a bit longer in games than Harris might have wanted him to. And with that comes his own risk of running him into the ground and him picking up an injury, which would be terrible. But I think given all that considered, I think he's done really well. And I think he's only got the one goal um, as a Dover, but you no, know, for Tom, I think there's nothing to worry about in terms of him being another asset for us next year. Obviously he came in in January, assisted a fair few and got six goals. I think six, maybe seven in you know a few months span. So I think he's going to be a key player for us next year. And I look forward to seeing that. And, um, Yeah, I think it's just key to remember that he was playing most of that period on his own as a lone striker, lone experienced one, which is a lot to handle. Um, In terms of disappointments, um, I'd go ahead with Lapsley as well. For one, I think I've expected to see a bit more from him than we have. I think I've said that quite a few times towards the end of last season as well. When he did start to pick up, I'm sure there's more to come from him. And maybe it's just a case of, you know, sometimes you have players who aren't great during pre season, then they start the season really well, which just people have different mentalities I suppose, or things like that. And you know, I suppose we'll, we'll end up seeing what we will from George and hopefully it's it's positive. But I don't think other than him there's really anyone you can pick out as being, you know, negative over the pre preseason. Hawkins perhaps but that's nothing to do with him. It's just out of his control of the injury. But I think other than other than George and I feel I was saying him, but I think if I have to pick anyone it would be him and I'm hoping we do see a bit more from him next uh, this season coming.
0: Yeah. Matt, Matt, are you basing Nichols's the, the, the reason you're disappointed with Nichols is because of the goal record, of of of, of yeah because he hasn't scored enough goals pre season? Is that what you're basing it off?
1: And, and, no, no, it's, it's not just that. It's for, for me. I just wanted to sort of see him go that extra step uh, up. So I thought he was brilliant last year um, for us at the, the those are sort of those last four months of the season, uh, and for me, obviously, I was just almost expecting him to go up a level. And I've not seen him go up that level, me personally. But it's not just the goals. The goals I was hoping, you know, would come. Uh, But yeah, for me, I've just, I wanted him to to sort of my step up that bit. And I haven't seen that. But then that could be just down to the way that Neil's got his team playing. He might be playing slightly differently. Um, So yeah, that's just my own sort of opinion. I said, please don't don't shoot the messenger. Please don't hate me, guys. It's just my own opinion.
0: At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are all allowed a different opinion. That is the beauty of the podcast. At the end of the day, you don't have to agree with everyone on here. That is why we do this. So if that's how you feel, that's fine. No problem at all. Okay. Um, cool. All right. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of announcements then to make. Um, your, your Well, you'll notice one announcement that's already been done. Um, we have actually agreed a partnership with the Red Eagle Foundation um, to become... a a charity partnership with the podcast. Um, The Red Eagle Foundation basically help uh, vulnerable children and disabled children and their families um, through time of need. Um, They are based in Kent um, and they've got a few charity days coming up and whatever else. So you may well see us do some work over the course of the season at different charity days, different events. Um, different videos being uploaded where we've been there, visited their work, visited what they do, their charity days, whatever else um, and we're going to be showcasing them throughout the season as they have now become the um, the charity uh, the, the the charity podcast that and uh, partnered with us. Um, another announcement we've got to make as well. Um, you'll notice or you would have been noticing that we have been putting out for a, a podcast sponsorship throughout the summer. Um, we have we have found we have found our first one. Um a massive thank you to Roger Reader, who has sorted us out. Um with um Daniel Construction. Um Laura who runs Daniel Construction will be sponsoring the podcast um throughout the season um and will be one of the main sponsors um on our uh, on our on our podcast and throughout our live shows um will be read out um across our across our weekly podcasts throughout the season, and obviously her business will be showed across our social media throughout the season, so a massive massive thank you to Roger Laura and Daniel construction um for yeah basically back in the podcast without without you guys um, our live shows and and our work with block and everything else wouldn't be possible. Our last announcement is obviously a big one. you would have noticed um on Thursday night we sat down with the gaffer, Neil Harris. Um yeah, he for 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 30, 35 minutes, um, he laughed, he joked, um, he told us absolutely everything he could possibly could um through his time um as as Gillingham manager, nearly 18 months in charge um for for for, for the manager Neil Harris. He was absolutely brilliant. Um so many laughters me and Owen had um, Owen yeah I'll let you I'll let you speak a little bit about the Neil Harris podcast on 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 Thursday um, yeah so many so many things said about Neil and 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 whatever else about what team he selects what tactics he does and whatever else but you truly don't get to to, to see the the true man until you sit down with him face to face and listen to him um, and get to ask him questions but what a, what a great guy
2: Yeah, it certainly lived up to the expectation. Um, I liked that you know we we gave him some questions that were sent to Phil, to so then sent to Neil when he basically ignored all of them, didn't want us to answer, uh, ask any of them because he didn't read any of them. He wanted us to be completely off the cuff, which I really liked, and it was it was one that flowed really, really well. Um, I think it's another great sign that the connection between the club and the supporters and fan channels is ever growing. It's you know, it's an honour to have those like 35 or so minutes with him he was very outgoing he was very funny he gave us a lot of great stories and I think it's one that everyone's really going to enjoy um I would uh, also say check out uh, Matt from Jules and the Buds one first because it's already out there and then you can listen to our one tomorrow both will be really good to, to watch and listen to I'm sure and uh, you'll get two different views of um Neil Harris if you like from two different standpoints and there'll be lots to dive into um and I think everyone will, will certainly enjoy it and um, it gives us a great, um, great recollection of um, how he signed Scott Malone and how surprised he was, and that was quite funny to listen to. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you enjoy that as well. And um, yeah, it's just another, another great opportunity. I, I will caveat by saying there's when we first started, um, James shook his hand and he went to shake mine, but I didn't. I was quite reserved and didn't go near him to shake his hand. It looks like I was being rude. The reason for that is because we shook his hand like two minutes just before it. So I thought it was really weird, but now That's you, know, so you if do, that like, seems that weird That's what you do.
0: when you are when you're introducing a pop.
2: I know, but I literally just shook his hand. <laughs> I, I didn't want to come across that. Like I was like getting, getting emotionally attached.
0: <laughs> so you ended up going the complete other way and maybe, being scared maybe. of
2: him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I was.
0: <laughs> no, um, no, you, yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head with the, with the podcast. He was, he was a, he, he is. He's not was. He is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, he's so down-to-earth and, and just just normal. Just spoke about life. Just spoke about absolutely everything. We're trying not to spoil it too, too much. It is going to be out um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, Block are going to be releasing it. They're going to be releasing it live on our Twitter and YouTube um, uh, 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 in the afternoon. Um, we will give you a time um around uh in the morning when it'll be out but um don't panic if you miss it and you're not around it will stay up at the top of our page and on uh, our youtube as well um and and yeah i we really really hope you enjoy it um yeah we've we obviously got Brandon, jake and uh, um uh, and james russell listening which is which is great um yeah i i suppose matt um yeah um in terms of in terms of Neil Harris for you, um, there is a there is a level of expectation this season. Um, he knows it, we know it, um, uh, Brad knows it. I guess um, we all have that level of expectation that um, we should, I suppose, be in, in and around that top seven, um, even without this this striker. Um, yeah, how, how do you, how do you feel towards Neil Harris going into the season?
1: Do you know what I, I do? Generally, believe he is the man to to get us up. I, I I just you know in my my gut feeling is he he is the man that is going to get us the promotion that we want this season. Um, I think he's such a lovely guy. He's brilliant. Sounds like uh, seems like a brilliant man manager. Um, brilliant coach and you know he's a he's a championship level coach and he's coaching down with us in league two and and i just feel that he he sort of almost embodies you know sort of the perfect gillingham manager in in my head everything about him the way he comes out he talks to us the way you know the way he talks to you guys obviously during your interview being so open and honest i really really do like the guy and i just i really do feel that it it, he is the person that is going to get us up and it will be this season
0: I've muted. My, I've, you know what? I've, I'm following you, Matt, and I'm in. I'm muting myself, Harry. Um, thoughts on th- thoughts on Neil Harris? Um, yeah. Do you do you agree with do you agree with Matt or do do you go the other way?
3: I I completely agree with Matt. Um, I just think, especially in the sort of this this off season as well. Um, or you know, like you say, whether the Como trip helped that as well. Um, we've seen what he's really like as a person. Um, obviously I've already seen the jewels in the Blood interview with him and obviously I'm looking forward to the one coming out tomorrow as well because that sort of showed not only the person he was, he was, you know, from what I've seen already, he he wasn't sort of stale. He was very open, friendly, you know, he wants to be the manager of Gillingham and, you know, that's what we want as the as the manager at the club. Um, he seems happy and which has not always personally seen, been the case over the sort of 18 months he's been here, understandably. Um, he seems very happy, you know, it's you know, when he's doing his interviews and things like that, he, you know, he wants to be here. And, you know, that's the main thing you can say. He even admitted himself, obviously, at the forum that he's learned a lot about League Two. Obviously, he was, it's hard to say out of his depth because he's been a manager at a much higher level, but out of his depth in the sense that he hasn't had manager at sort of the level before. He didn't know what to expect, but now he does. So I'm really optimistic that he's sort of taken that on board. And I'm really, I really think he's a man to take us forward. And, you know, I hope he's here for many years to come
0: and Hopefully, we'll see, you know, a good start to the season on Saturday and going forward. Yeah, I mean, that really, really struck me on Thursday night from Neil was that the biggest thing that he took from League Two last year was that um, he would watch a team two or three times on the lead up to our game. And then on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night, they'd play a completely different formation. And he's basically taken out the biggest thing of learning to be adaptable, both both pre-game and in-game. And if I had one minor, minor criticism of Nil, was that in-game, it would be sometimes reactive rather than proactive at times. He got better towards the end of the season because he probably started grasping it. But that is really, really good to hear that he's picked that up and he's prepared to do that.
2: Yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise that teams do that. I think teams probably have set formations in place for when they're playing... Specific teams all the time because not every team has the same style per se. A lot of teams will play different. Some are going to be more direct, some are more going to be free flowing, and things like that. Some will press high, some won't. And you know, you have to have adaptable scenarios for your team to put in place against different opposition to make sure you have the best chance of winning the game. And I think it's something that you know, in, in, in some aspects, last season you couldn't really win either way because if we were, you know, holding on to a draw and he went defensive, and you know we conceded the goal and they'd be blamed for going too defensive and then it also works the other way around as well so if it you know you're not going to please everyone with some tactical decisions in the game but I think we are going to be more aware of you know situations in games where right before games we'll probably think about certain teams I think well if we're winning the game at this point here here are the options they're going to have off the bench and things like that how are we going to acclimatize ourselves tactically to deal with that coming threat when they bring him on or something like that so I think it's really good tool to have and I think most managers will end up having that eventually. Sometimes a team plays in a completely different way than anyone would expect them to, perhaps more different than they did the year before and sometimes it takes a long time for other teams to catch on to it and that's why some teams out of the blue have a really good season sometimes because they change the whole DNA of how they play and things like that but I think he'll be more aware, I think he's more tactically astute with better players around him than he would have been at the start of last season in particular and I think it's going to be a positive and I think we'll see a lot of different moving parts. And like I we mentioned earlier today we played about three different formations in the second half just testing things out and being, you know, proactive to what Daglin were doing once they went behind because naturally they're gonna push forward a bit more things like that. So it's about having the right systems in place to deal with different scenarios and the right players that you can trust to adapt those scenarios. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Great point.
0: Okay. Um yeah, we're round it off there then. We're round it off there. We're coming up to we're coming up to an hour. Um yeah, we've obviously got our um, like, yeah, like we've just spoken about about Neil Harris. Um, we've got a Neil Harris interview, um, with me and I would uh, out tomorrow afternoon. Um, we'll put out a time, uh, a confirmed time either later tonight or tomorrow morning where you and where you'll be able to catch it. Um, and then yeah, we're back, we, we are back with our weekly midweek, um. <clears throat> Yeah, podcast shows on on Thursday night. So next, uh, so this coming week, as such, on Thursday night, um, I'll be bringing you that one. And then Saturday after Stockport, Owen will be bringing you the um, the post match show. Um, it might depend on his travel, so it may well be Saturday night. It may well be Sunday. Depends on how how he's doing. Um,
2: I think if I think by the looks of it, if I'm lucky, I might get in around between half ten and eleven. There we go. Maybe. So.
0: It might be a late, late show <laughs> um, if we if we want to go down that route. Um, and then, yeah, and then, of course, you, you did notice that Luke was going to be doing our breakfast show for the season. Um, unfortunately, Luke's had some family commitments on whatever else. So um, it's been passed over to Matt. Matt, you're going to be bringing us a breakfast show um, for the coming season. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to attempt to make it half-decent so some of you guys will actually try and watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be covering, um, basically, the, the, the news at the club. Um, uh, all your comments. We'll get people to send loads of comments into you, Matt. Um, all the comments throughout the week, all, all the reviews and everything else, um, and then much, much more. And that will be out. Um, we'll try um, every every Sunday or every other Sunday um we'll try it and that'll be going on to going on to youtube so that'll be breakfast with matt um and that'll be a nice little different piece of content that that we'll be producing for you throughout the season okay cool um yeah that's that's the end of tonight um thank you all for listening we really really do appreciate all of your support we're well over two thousand followers now which is absolutely fantastic obviously richard shaw has got a home match shirt um or will be on his way to him when the shirts are back in back in stock. Um, I know the club are working around the clock. Um, Brad also does tell me um, that we are um, just a, around about 100 um, from breaking the all-time club record of a season ticket, of getting a season ticket. I would suggest to you that you do need to get down, down to Priestfield. Buy yourself a season ticket this year because we are... Going on a promotion train, and you really, really don't want to miss out. So, if you've got a friend that hasn't got a season ticket yet, that's never been down to Jills before, get them, get, get them a season ticket. Get them a season ticket, or convince them to get a season ticket. Um, because this year is going to be a special year. 100, percent it's going to be a special year. We'll see you next Thursday. Um, and last, last thing, as always, up the Jills. Good night.